Uh, well, you know what? The main idea of my sermon, God already spoke to you all about it, so I've only got five minutes left. I'm glad you laughed, because it, it was a joke. The, the time, the time part of it, that, that was the joke. What God is saying, uh, he... I just want to share... I shared this message last Sunday. We were up in Seashell. And I just want to share for a minute how it came about because I really feel strong. I felt amazingly strong in my, my spirit about sharing this. And as this past week went by, um, um, with everything that's been going on with Shaneen and I've been doing a little more studying, and I've had coffee with a few of you guys, and you know kind of what I've been, what God's been putting on my heart. And Friday morning, uh, before I went into the office, I, I was having my shower, and I just finished reading, I forget if it was a book I was reading or the Bible I was reading, I forget. But inside, it was like God was just saying, I want you to share that again on Sunday. And... I'm like, well, I'm not going to just talk to Pastor David and say, I want to preach. You know, I, I wait till he has a space in for me. And, uh, but God was just like, you know, and, and the other thing is, I have a hard time preaching the same sermon a second time. It's just like, the first time there's passion, and then the second time it's like, it's not, it's not the same. So I was just kind of, I wasn't going to push it. And I just didn't feel comfortable, but, but God was just, it was like he was saying, no, I want you to share it. So I get in the car to come to the office, and David texted me. Without, I didn't say nothing to him. I just said, God, if, if you want me to be here at, uh, you know, 1120, 1125, then, then you're going to have to tell David that. So I jump in the car, and there, my phone dings, and it's David. He says, Daniel, I need to talk to you about Sunday. So <laughs> I kind of chuckled I, out loud. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I got to the office, and David said, well, you know, Brandon's going to be sharing about his missions trip, and, you know, did, did you have something that you want to just carry on the service? And, I'll, and I said, well, actually... Um, I said, yeah, I do. I, and uh, so I really believe this is a word for a lot of us, including myself. And it kind of started about three weeks ago. Um, we had just finished our Sunday service, and Shanine on Monday morning was going to the doctors to get an ultrasound done. And as you know, she had these, she, these bumps on her neck. And we, we had went through like three weeks of tests already. Blood tests and um, cat scratch tests, all kinds of tests, allergy tests. And they couldn't find anything. So we, we actually were feeling, okay, good. It's not that the big C word. We didn't want to even talk about it. Okay, good. All these tests are coming back negative. 
but uh, the doctor wanted to do an ultrasound just to start clarifying what it was. So, um, so Monday morning, they went to the hospital. They, they did an ultrasound, and they did an ultrasound on the baby, and it was alive and kicking, and uh, um, found out that it was a baby girl, and there was excitement. We were excited. At the same time, I'm... I get ready for my Bible reading. And, and generally on the Monday, I, I kind of just think, oh, what am I going to read this week? What I, so um, for whatever reason, and now I know it was God putting this thought into my head. You know, this, this is my natural thinking. I'm going to find a nice short book in the Bible so that I can get through it every day. One book every day. And... And so I picked the minor prophets. I think there's five or six of them at the end of the Old Testament. And I start reading them. And, and my age, when I grew up, basically the only Bible around was King James. So I would read it in King James. And it would take me 15 minutes to get through about three chapters reading King James. Then I would go to the NLT, New Living Translation, so I could understand what I just read. So, and then I read it in the NASB, New American Standard Bible. I, those are my, I, I enjoy those translations. And, and so I would read it three times in the morning. And, and to be honest with you, you know, the first few days, it was like, I'm not getting too much out of this. Chapters one and chapters two of each book is God talking to the nation of Israel as they're in captivity telling them, I'm going to get you out. And chapter 3, he would give them promises, and, and I didn't feel anything real stirring in my spirit or anything, and I, but, you know, Habakkuk, Haggai, Zephaniah, Zechariah, um, Malachi, Nahum, I read them all. As the week went on, Wednesday, Shawnee goes in to get the result of the ultrasound, and Brenda and Shawnee, we're pretty good spirits because everything went, the, you know, everything was going good. And uh, Brenda and Shawnee, they get into the doctor's office, and for the first time ever, the doctor wheels, gets, sits down on his chair and wheels his chair all the way around the desk. And looks, gets right knee to knee with Shawneen and says, I don't know how to tell you this. But we believe that the, <clears throat> the lumps in your neck are cancerous. Well, Shawnee just started crying. And the whole bottom falls out. And... That was very challenging that day, <laughs> to be honest. Um, that was hard. So the doctor right away scheduled for Thursday. She needs to go get a biopsy done to, to confirm what they suspect. And, you know, Brenda's reading the reports, and she looks at the words, doesn't understand the words, so she goes onto the interweb and does the Google thing and scares herself even more. 
Thursday morning, they go right away into Surrey, the cancer clinic. And they didn't realize where they were actually going because they get into the waiting room and everybody's bald. Everybody's got a wrap on the head. Behind Brenda are, are a couple ladies talking and the one lady is saying, I've been through this so many times, I don't want to go do this again. And it was just depressing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to say the least. Just depressing to be in that environment. And she got home at around lunchtime and she thought, I, I'm so exhausted from this week now. I'm just going to lay down. She went and laid down in her bed to have a nap. And how do you know sometimes when you, those negative things happen, your thought process can just spiral out of control. That was Thursday. Friday, it was st still challenging. I'm trying to be strong. Um, and I, 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 to, for me, I, if, if a thought process starts going, I, I, I just cut it off as soon as I can. And I don't, I don't go there. I don't go there. And Friday evening, we were laying down on the couch, and we had a song going. And this was, this was the whole reason that I read all those prophets, because the song said, I have not forsaken you. And it hit me like a, just, just overwhelmed me. I have not forsaken you. And every prophet, they were talking to the children of Israel who had been in captivity for 70 years. These was a, this was a new generation in captivity. The ones who did evil and sinned and disobeyed, they were gone. And here was a new generation in captivity for nothing that they had done. Nothing that they had done. Nothing that they had done. And God was coming and saying, I haven't abandoned you. I have not abandoned you. I have not forgotten about you. I see exactly where you are. I see exactly what you're going through. I know your circumstance. I know the situation that you find yourself in. And I've not forsaken you. I've not forsaken you. Out of that, it was just, it, wow. I started going through some scripture verses. And I came across the story of Gideon. The story of Gideon. And I want to read to you the story of Gideon. And, and we, we all, quite often we spend a lot of time on how God delivered Israel in that situation. I want to look at the conversation that Gideon had with God. Because God came and visited him. 
And through, our, through the summer, we did an amazing series, Pastor David, on living above the noise. And it's something we all face. We all face noise in our life. There's a wide spectrum of noise, but we all go through it. And there are times when we can go through it and we can wonder, where are you, God, in all this? God, why me? Shawneen asked, Mom, why me? Why do I have to go through this? And we can get caught up in situations that are very challenging, dilemmas that we didn't create. And we can ask God, why? Why me? Why is this happening to me? And I believe God has an answer for you this morning. God wants to shine some light on why me? And because it's been very challenging two, two, three weeks. But but I, uh, I read, before I get into Gideon, actually, I want to, there's this, something that God's been teaching me. And you know, we can get overwhelmed by the natural circumstances that we find ourselves in. And we, we allow the, the natural circumstances, the things that happen in our life, and they are traumatic, we allow them to affect our spiritual life. But God is saying, let your spiritual life affect and influence your natural life. And I, I was reading a book this past week, and it just brought it out so clear and so perfectly. I want to share it. We, we all face facts in our life. But facts change. The fact that this food is all sitting here in two weeks, that fact is going to change. And this stage will be empty. And so the fact changes. Pluto, when I was a kid, was a planet. And that was a fact. When my kids went to school, the fact changed. And Pluto was no longer a planet. And two weeks ago, I read that they're thinking of letting planet join, I mean, Pluto join the planet again. And so the facts are about to change again. But you know what never changes? Truth. God is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God never changes. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, your guide, your teacher, your comforter, he will never change. God's word is truth, and his word will never change. 
So when God says in his word, by my stripes, you are healed. The fact that they confirmed cancer through the biopsy is a fact, which is changeable. Healing is truth. You may have your life wrapped up in your job, and your job may be a fact this week, and next week there is no job. And it can wipe you out. And two months later, you can have a job again. And the fact changes. God's word doesn't change. And God supplies every need according to his riches in glory. And through Christ, we are more than conquerors because Christ overcame the world. And we need to build our life on truth. On truth. And too many times, we are building our life on facts on our talents, on our careers, on our relationships. And the next morning that person is gone. And your life can fall apart. Because we build our life on things that is changeable. On just facts. And this week God was just speaking to me. What does my word say? What does the word say? Be fruitful, multiply. I have blessed you. I am blessing you. Be fruitful, multiply. Have dominion, subdue. That is what God has spoken to us. That's his truth. That is where God wants you to live. And we get caught up in our finances and financial trouble and business deals that can go sideways. And before you know it, you are depressed and you're living you're living in defeat, and you're living in oppression, and you're living in depression, where the God, the God's word says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and a sound mind, and we need to get back to standing on the truth, and build your life on the truth of what God's word says. And let your spiritual man, let your spiritual life, let the Holy Spirit through you change your outlook. Change the... Do you know that God can change facts? The 24-hour orbit of the sun, of the earth around the sun. For all you science students, I don't want to steer you wrong. Do you know that God stopped the sun? He stopped it. He changed the facts. What happens when somebody gets thrown into a fire? They burn. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, thrown into the fire for what great sin? None. And yet, they're facing massive noise. 
massive turbulence in their mind. Like, what is going on here, God? We didn't do anything. Actually, God, we stood up for you. We did something good. And now we're going into a furnace for standing up for you. Why is this turmoil going on in my life right now? That's a legitimate question they had. And the facts said they should have burned. The men that threw them into the fire fell down dead. And they came out not even smelling like smoke. Every day we face dilemmas and we can face commotion and we can face depression. And we face all these natural things around us. And we can wonder why. When you start looking at some of... Joseph. Joseph. What did he do wrong? I mean, his mistake was probably just an an innocence as a young kid, excited about what what God had said to him. (laughs) He wasn't bragging about something great accomplishment he did. He was talking about the word that God had put in his heart. And the next thing, he's in slavery. God said he was with him. Actually, when you look in Psalms, the psalmist says, God sent Joseph ahead. But Joseph is in the midst of the turmoil. He actually resists temptation. Something good. Something, he says, I can't defile myself before God. And he gets thrown into the dungeon. And he gets forgotten by man, but not by God. Turmoil, calamity, adversity. But God had sent him ahead. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego promoted. The disciples... They're looking at a sick boy. And they say, Jesus, who sinned? His parents? His grandparents? Somebody else in his family? Why is this boy in this condition? Jesus said, not nobody. But I'm going to perform a miracle and God's going to be glorified. David. He kills Goliath. And again, the word of the Lord had been spoken over him. So there's no sin. He's done nothing wrong. He's just killed Goliath. And all of a sudden, Saul begins to hate him and chase him and persecute him. To the point where David wants to give up. And he actually says in his heart, 
Saul is going to kill me one of these days. I better go deeper into hiding. David is saying something completely opposite of what God had spoken over him. David completely got caught up in the natural events and the circumstances that he was facing to the point where he overrode the word of God and said, Saul is going to kill me. Where God had said, you're going to take over for Saul. And David allowed the facts around him the natural circumstance to override the Word of God, the truth in his life. There's many of us that have had God speak over us. All of us have read God's Word. And seen his promises and his provisions and his power. And then we get face natural circumstance and we let that squash, push down. And God is saying, no, look at me. Look at my truth. Look at my word. Look what I say about you. Look at the identity that I've given you. Look at the plan. Look at the purpose that I have for you, for your life. I have not forsaken you. I have not abandoned you. And this morning, God wants to lift us out of the mire that we sometimes find ourselves in and say, come on. I've got something better in store for you. I've got something, a perfect plan. I've got a future that's full of hope, that's full of life. That word that, that you felt in your spirit, that passion that you had and that you wanted to fulfill, I will, I'm getting ready to breathe on it. And every example that we can find where somebody's ready to give up or they're facing a life and death situation, the next step in the plan is promotion, is a new level. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, David, his men ready to stone him. At the very same moment, his men are ready to stone him in Ziklag. Same time, Saul is in a battle with the Philistines and gets killed. Same time, Joseph, same day, in the depths of the dungeon, potential despair, potential feeling abandoned and forsaken. The same time that he's feeling that, God is putting a dream into Pharaoh. And within Hours. Within our same day, dungeon to the palace. Moses, backside of the desert, 
backside of the desert, forgotten, abandoned. But he wasn't. And many of us, myself included, at points in time can feel abandoned, can feel confused, can feel forsaken. But God this morning is saying, I have not forsaken you. This living under the influence of, I, I haven't even got to my notes yet. <laughs> I'm going to skim through them. Listen to John 14. You've heard it several times from Pastor David. Jesus says, I pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. You have God abiding with you forever. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Same thing Jesus said as he gave the great commission. Go into all the world, and behold, I will be with you Always. Sprinkled throughout the Old Testament is God's promise, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. To Joshua, to the prophets. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. And sometimes we just, we just get caught up in the whirlwind of life. The whirlwind of life. Got to drive here. Got to take someone there. I got to go to this meeting. I got to go to this class. I got to go fix dinner. I got to fix the car. All kinds of things. And we can get overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And we get tired. And I don't feel like church. Sunday morning. You, you realize the week I just went through? I need a day off. This is the best day off you can have. Right here. And sometimes we get caught up. We get caught up in all the, the, the commotion of the week. To the point where it's unbearable. And what is the first thing we drop? The first thing we drop is God. We forget to read the Bible in the morning because... Do you realize my schedule? I got so many things to do today. Ah, I'll, I'll catch up on it tonight before I go to bed. That's when I'll do it. And we go through the whole day, and what happens at 9.30, 10 o'clock? Oh, I'll just do it in the morning. <laughs> and we drop God. The very person that we need. <laughs> the very one who will take you through the storm. The very one who can calm the storm, that can take you through the storm, can make a way of escape from the storm. The very one is we isolate ourselves. Too tired. Too overworked. Too busy. 
got other plans. Oh, I was asked to go here, was asked to go there. And we, we leave God by the wayside. And yet, he's there saying, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And, in, and if you persevere, if you persevere, David, about to be stoned, it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. He went back to the one that could get him through what he was going through. Persevere. If the word strengthen there means to tie tighter. Many of us in the middle of the storm, we're, we're, we're you know how they throw things overboard to lighten the ship. Well, God's the first thing we throw overboard. Where, no, we need to be, tie ourselves tighter. We need, to, we need to get closer, not further away. We need to draw ourselves. Closer. Jeremiah 33 says, God says, call upon me and I will answer you. I will answer you. And the second part of the verse is even better. And I will show you. I will show you great and mighty things that you never knew before. Grasp that. So many times our commotion is the step before promotion And God can show that to you. If you get your eyes off the natural things and say, God, what's happening here? What is happening here? And in the middle of a storm, you can have peace and joy. I don't know how to explain it. I've, I've been there, though. I've been there. In the middle of your storm, you can call upon Him and He will answer you and He can show you what is really going on. This whole week, I, I am confident I am persuaded that God is going to heal Shaneen. And I've told, I'd said to Brenda, the cancer is just a fact. It's just a fact that is changeable. It's a fact that is The truth is that God said He is healed. He has healed her. By his stripes, she is healed. So I'm not going to wallow in the fear of the what-ifs. I'm choosing to say, God, what is really going on here? What is really going on here? And I've said, God, show me 
Show me great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. The word mighty, it means fortified. It spoke of a city that was fortified, a mighty city. It talks about something that you can't get at except God can open it for you. He can reveal it to you. If you are going through a situation and you can, do not understand, you can call upon the Lord. He will answer you and He will show you what that secret thing is. What is hidden away, locked away, God can open it and reveal to you and show you what is going on. And instead of being caught up with the spirit of fear, you can walk through it with love, power, a sound mind. And instead of being wiped out and overwhelmed, you can overcome and you can be victorious. You can be victorious. You can overcome. Hmm. You can read the story of Gideon yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to give you a cup real quick. You know, we, Jesus said, it's impossible that offenses will not come. Offenses are stumbling blocks, hindrances. It's impossible. They, it's inevitable. So what you're going through was inevitable. But God also said, count it all joy. Because what's happening is you're maturing. Pastor David has said it before. You can either become bitter or you become better. It's your perspective. Are you looking at the spiritual realm or just what's happening naturally? Are you asking God, God, what's really happening here? What are you getting me ready for? Where are you taking me? Why, why am I going through this, Lord? Show me the reality of what's happening. Do you realize the, the spiritual is more real than the natural? When they built the temple in the natural, it was just a shadow of the true in heaven. God was revealing to Moses the true tabernacle, and Moses just built a natural one. The spiritual one was a great, greater reality. So when you're going through something, count it joy and say, God, show me the reality of what is happening. When we all stand, I'm just going to, as I was studying yesterday, and I have to be, <laughs> I'm a little freaked out right now, but I have to be obedient to what God showed me. And hopefully it means something, <laughs> but while I was studying and praying, 
you came to my mind. And God said, I have not forsaken you. And I have no idea what that means, but I have to be obedient to what God told me to do. He has not forsaken me. And for whatever reason, God put this in my heart. God has not forsaken you. You have not been abandoned. You are not sitting on the side of the road forgotten. No, there's a plan and there's a purpose. And my challenge to you today is call upon Him. Let Him answer you and show you great and mighty things that you never imagined before, that you didn't know before. God has a whole new realm, a whole new level, a whole new activation for you. And He's watching and seeing, will He persevere through this? Yes, it wasn't His own making. He didn't deserve this. But if He perseveres, there's something great. There's a promotion. There is a new level of operation. Ready, waiting. God has not abandoned you. God has not forsaken you. Like Pastor David said, he's a friend that is closer than anyone else in your life. He's actually closer to you than anyone could possibly be. Look to him. Look to him. Look to Jesus, the author, the finisher, the one who will carry you through it, carry you around it, make a way of a sea. If you... Maybe have felt that way. You know, maybe God is putting us into giving this out because there's someone in your life that you need to hand this off to as well. Maybe you're going through something. Whatever the reason. But I really feel there's some people that may have felt or maybe are feeling abandoned. And this morning, His presence is here. And this morning, you can, you can just receive from him this morning. And you can, you can walk out of here today knowing that he is with you. And this morning, if that, if what God has been saying has struck something in you, maybe that's where you're at, maybe that's where you were, maybe that's what you're feeling right now this morning. If you want prayer, I want to invite you. We're going to pray, we'll close the service, but if you want prayer, we have several of us that are ready, willing, And just delighted to be able to pray with you, minister to you, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you.
But uh, let's just, just close our eyes and we'll just bow our heads here. Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing promise that you made, that you would never leave us, you would never forsake us. Oh, and Heavenly Father, you, you even sent the Spirit to abide with us, that's live with us forever. And Lord, this morning, we just open our hearts to you. The turmoil, even the confusion, doubts that maybe creep in, fear that takes over. But through that, we push that aside to, to, to look at you. To look at you this morning. Lord, we just, we turn our eyes towards you this morning. The one who authored our salvation. The one who authored our deliverance, our healing, our forgiveness. The one who took us from darkness into light. We look to you. Lord, and I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you will open our eyes. Open our eyes this morning. Open our eyes this morning. It's through you illuminating, revealing true purpose, true plan. Open our eyes that we can see you, that we can see your plan and purpose and what you are doing. Lord, and as we turn our eyes towards you, the things, the natural things of this earth, the circumstances, they will grow dim. They will fade away. And they will grow dim in the light of your glory and your grace. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, how your word is life. And it brings life to areas in our life that we thought maybe were dead. That we thought were lost. That we thought were hopeless, but you can bring life again. You are the resurrection and the life. And this morning, thank you for resurrecting things that we may have thought were past dead and gone, but you have raised them and you've created a, a new expectation. You have created new purpose. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. If you want prayer, we'd be happy to pray with you.